The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts and alongside with me as per usual for our weekend roundups, Mr. David Brick. David. Hey. Uh, you're in a pretty chipper mood. I, dude, the Bills regained division lead. I'm in a good mood. That's all I need. It's weird how football can really dictate a person's mood. Oh, you ain't kidding, man. Especially like when I'm around you, I feel like both of our moods are all dependent on football. Oh, yeah. Because like, I see you on football days, so we don't have time to recover. And then we're together. It's like, okay. I- so many times I'm just like, you know what? I'm not. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good, fam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. good on all that. Right. Uh, no, I, I, I feel you. I, I completely feel you. Um, yeah, it's exciting to win. And you know what? Our two teams are getting getting good at the right time. It's this is the time to get good. Like right. you could, and I've bitched. Like you've heard me bitch. No, no. I mean, like you got to be critical, and it's important to bitch. But at the end of the day, when it's important to get hot, is now. Hundred like percent. Weeks left in the season. You can fix those little t- little things wrong with the team, and then you get in the postseason on a, on a heater, and you want to ride that. Right. And that's that's like literally the Colts and Bills right now. So yeah, I know. Right now, it's it could be us in the first round. It could be, and I mean, and I Fourth say the Bills. Fifth. I say the Bills, meaning like you know they do play. They've only won two games in a row, but they have Atlanta and the Jets, and like those are two easy wins. Pretty favorable. And I, f- I'm really hoping. I mean, would I like to play the Bills again? Yes, but check mark for me. I really want the Colts to play the Titans. Dude, it, I feel like the if there's one team out of the cesspool of AFC teams, I want the Titans to get that first seat. I feel like that's the best team to get the because I feel like they're beatable and they're banged up. And you want them to get the first seat? Yes, because like oh, the, I want to bounce them out so. So that bad. well, I want them to get the first seed so that way whoever plays them, I feel like could beat them. Like right. I feel like it's harder to play an Arrowhead when you're playing the Chiefs. That's fair. You know what I that's mean? Like fair. I don't want the Chiefs to get that one seed. Right. And then outside of that, I don't even know who else is in contention for that one seed at this point. It's probably one of them t- two teams. Right? Um, I think Casey's got. I think he just beat the shit out of Pittsburgh tonight. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, um, let's read out. You know, we'll read and out. The maybe pe- in, what's Indy's record now? They're nine and six. So they they might be a long shot. They're it's a long shot. It's but probably I, a better I, sh- chance than the Bills. I I just I can't. They probably it. need KC to lose two games in a row. That's basically what it is. It's That's it's not, not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So as of right now, we're recording at seven fourteen p.m. Eastern time on uh, on the Sunday the twenty sixth in the closet. In the closet, uh, the AFC seeding as as follows: KC's number one. They're about to go to eleven and four. All right, because they're, they're they beat uh, Pittsburgh. Tennessee's ten and five. They're the two seed. Cincy is the three seed. At nine and six, Buffalo is the four seed at nine and six. 
Colts are the five seed at nine and six. Patriots nine and six um, as a six seed, and Steelers are about to drop to seven and seven, seven seven and one. So I think Baltimore is about to get popped back in to the seventh seed. Baltimore I, is, I think, because the there's t- so many tie what happened. There's a lot of tiebreakers. What's going on with and Pittsburgh has does have a victory over over. Actually, this that's that might not be true. Pittsburgh does have a victory. Um. Over the Ravens, I don't think they played twice. I think they only played once. But right, in, so Steelers could still be the seventh seed despite losing tonight. Wow, um, which is you know big for them. But yeah, the Ravens, Chargers, Raiders on the outside. Raiders just improved to eight and seven. Um, yeah, and Miami's sneaking in. Miami's doing really, really good right now. Can they have a? Do they have a chance? Yeah, nice, absolutely. Um, they do a. Uh, Let's see. They have t- what? Their two games left are the I think the Jets. No, not the Jets. They have the Patriots, Patriots and the Titans next two weeks, and I think they can beat the Titans. I do, and I think they can beat the Patriots. Honestly, I see the Patriots, and I know they lost today, and I will give them credit. I think they're better than I thought in the beginning of the year. I did not think they'd even win eight games, right. but like. I still think they're just so beatable. I think Bill Belichick knows how to coach them to be in games and win games. But like, you got you saw the I don't I mean like I don't know how much of the, the Bills game you watch, but like the minute Mac Jones has pressure, he's not good. So like, yeah, it's a rookie. It's definitely a rookie thing. But and that's it is a rookie. Thing. That's where we're at right now, and that's where we're at right now. So my point is, if you're a team playing the Patriots, just just rush Mac Jones, like send more blitzers and. You know, at that point, either they're going to hand the ball off into a stacked box or Mac Jones is going to run for his life. I just felt like after watching the first game and this game with the, that for the Bills against them, it, that was a big difference on defense was just sending more guys. And I, there's so many – I just don't think the Patriots are that good. I, I don't. I'm not a believer. I respect it. I know they're going to be good. I do think they will be good. I think Mac Jones is going to get better. And I think they have the best coach in the league that will always get them in a situation to make the playoffs. And – but at the end of the the day, I just think like if you look at all those AFC teams, I think there's a lot of weaknesses in the Pats' offense, right? And their defense can keep them in games. But like, they're, if you're going to rely on their offense to score you points in the postseason, like I don't know how far that's going to get you. So, <laughs> no, no, I get it. Um, real quickly, the NFC side of things for the playoffs: uh, Packers are still the one seed at twelve and three. Rams are two. Bucks are three. Cowboys are four. They um, they do play tonight. That's not, well, yeah, they play later tonight. Uh, Cardinals at five, 49ers at six, and Eagles at seven. The Eagles? Eagles are eight and seven right now. Oh, oh yeah, they beat the, the the bummy Giants today, didn't they? Yeah. But if the, I think that if the Saints win on Monday, they uh, they Saints. Do you want to know what the best prop bet was today? What's that? It was uh, over under Jake Fromm, like 189 yards, and I slammed the under. Oh. He had like 20 He yards. was terrible. He's, you can't expect this dude to go play. Like, the Eagles actually have a decent defense. Yeah, they're not bad. This dude just got signed off the Bills practice squad, like, what, two weeks ago? You think he's going to come out on the Giants offense slinging for over 180 <laughs> yards? What are you guys, crazy? I don't, I don't know right? whoever made that line in Vegas. You were, I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> I, I was happy. I slammed the under on that one. My pick of the day. No, I, I get that's that's an easy one. That's yeah, an easy one for sure. All right, uh, so let's start off. We got a ton to talk about this week. Get another week of no buys, and I did want to give a shout out to uh, Andrew Lenz who held held it down for me last week. I was in 
absolutely no mood to uh, <laughs> to do any podcasting. I think I mentioned it on a Monday episode. Absolutely no mood to do any of that. So shout out to Andrew for uh, for holding on the episode. Um, all right, let's start off with Thursday night football. We have the uh, these Tennessee Titans getting a twenty to seventeen victory over the San Francisco Forty Niners. Uh, yeah, twenty to seventeen victory. Tennessee now ten and five, and the Forty Niners are eight and seven. Uh, didn't watch too much of this game. I popped in and out. I'm like, oh, San Fran's got this. They're up what ten nothing mm-hmm. at the time, and I was like, ah, it's Tennessee. There's no way Tennessee comes back, and they did. They played very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a lot of credit to Mike Frable. I know there's like uh, Twitter's weird, and Tennessee Titans fans, Indianapolis Colts fans hate each other, and yada yada yada, and. What not? But man, I just think everyone on Twitter hates each other. It's so stupid. Can I, can, like, I as I was driving here, I retweeted Isaiah McKenzie today because he had a big day for the Bills. He had a huge game. Yeah, so I retweet him. It just says "Merry Christmas." I retweet him. This random guy on Twitter, mind you, I just just took my my Twitter and made it from private to like public. Yeah, so this guy today as I'm driving here responds to me and says, love you retweeting Isaiah, baby. Remember when you doubted him back in July and he screenshotted a tweet from July that I tweeted and it was like something about how Cole Beasley isn't the best slot receiver on his own team, referring to McKenzie. Yeah. I don't know about anyone else in the planet, but I think if you were to compare Cole Beasley in this summer to Isaiah McKenzie, you would say Cole Beasley's a better slot receiver. Hands down, like, right. based on, so you yeah. don't follow this guy at all? D- he doesn't no. follow me. I don't follow him. That's creepy. And he saw me re- just retweet. I, see, I didn't even quote it, say words, and he responded to me retweeting. It was That's creepy, right? That's a little creepy. And that, Unless so, it's McKenzie so when, a burner account. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because I, I responded to the tweet about like Cole Beasley not being the or slot receiver on his own team, and I just said this is the dumbest thing I read today because like Cole Beasley was one of the best slot receivers in football yeah, last year. He one hundred percent, and was. I just thought that was dumb. And like one, I love to be wrong. Like if Isaiah McKenzie is the best slot receiver in football for the next two decades, you think I'm going to be upset about that? Like, right. <laughs> but that's how weird Twitter is. I don't know. You brought up Twitter, and I just no, it's true, man. When I drove here, I'm like, I don't, like I don't know. It's it's tough for me to watch like Colts fans and Titans. I get it, whatever football. Yeah, but it's like man. Just shut up. Right. Just <laughs> there's you're arguing over something that you have no control. You're literally talking shit because other people are doing mm-hmm. stuff. Let the Titans and the Colts talk shit. Like agreed. Yeah, agreed. Like I, you can be critical of other teams, but you don't have to like like people take it so personally, especially on Twitter. It's like toxic. It's so toxic. Mm-hmm. I literally want to give all the credit in the world to Mike Vrabel. He's he, I can't to me, stand the guy. I know, but he's good. I, I want I think he should be the um, I want to give like I think he should be coach of the year. You know I agree with that. With all the injuries they've had, they it was what uh, a day before the the San Fran game they found out like half of their offensive line was out. Yeah, and they still won. And the San Fran's not a bad team. They're not a joke of a team. No, their defense should have killed them. But right, Vrabel has his guys prepared. They and do. that's where I want to give him credit for. You're right. Uh, we'll probably explore that more so on, well, uh, maybe not. I don't think we've already kind of lately touched on Coach of the Year stuff recently. But, um, but I mean, how could, like, this dude is still winning. Mm-hmm. Everybody doubted Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And has Tannehill played great in the stretch? No, not exactly. 
But yeah, he does enough to win. He does enough to win, and that's all that matters. I mean, like he had only a two hundred nine yards. AJ Brown though was a beast. This was like the Debo Samuel versus AJ Brown game to me. It was really exciting watching. Yeah, it was nice. AJ Brown came up and he he did good. But the Titans are winning mm-hmm. without their stars. Yeah, and that's been the important thing. Everybody thought as soon as Derrick Henry, including myself, as soon as Derrick Henry got hurt, this team would plummet. All right, they are the number two seed in the AFC, a very muddled AFC. And they're still winning games. Good for them. I say Vrabel for head, head coach of the year. That that's who. If I if my vote mattered, he would be my coach of the year. I'd have to see how the rest of the year plays out, but I would lean. I would lean Vrabel with the injuries. And there's a lot of good candidates. Like, don't get me wrong. Of, there's like, a lot of like great honestly. Candidates. I'm I'm a big believer in like Bill Belichick just winning every year. Like what he did with this team this year, I think is super impressive. Like I'd put them two up there. And maybe the the coach of the the Packers, maybe Lafleur. Yeah. You know, Kingsbury had a case before. Yeah, but they're, they're but slipping they, right now. They slipped a little bit, but so. I I would give it to Vrabel too. I I would agree with that. I can't stand I the guy, but it. you got to respect how great he is as a coach. No, no doubt. He knows when to play aggressive. Knows he always has his guys prepared. He's in and out of the rule book, man. The mm-hmm. dude knows his stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot of kudos to him. But yeah, Tennessee getting a big win here, coming back. Uh, I guess there was a boneheaded. Pretty boneheaded Jimmy Garoppolo play, uh, an interception when they needed it not to happen. So Tennessee walks walks away with a win. I was really hoping for that one as a Colts fan, but uh, regardless, your scoring drives for this game. First quarter, Jeff Wilson Jr. for the 49ers uh, capitalizes uh, one yard touchdown run and off a nine play 75 yard drive. San Fran up seven nothing. Second quarter, Robbie Gold hits a 48 yard field goal off an 11 yard 11 play 33 yard drive. 10-0. Third quarter, Tennessee starting to rally back. Randy Bullock, 38-yard field goal is good off of a 13-play, 55-yard drive. 10-3, San Francisco in the lead. And then Deontay Foreman, 3-yard touchdown run, ties it up at 10. Four plays, 18-yard drive. Fourth quarter, A.J. Brown, 18-yard touchdown reception for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, 17-10 lead there. And then San Francisco starts to get cooking again, ties it up. Brandon Ayuk takes a two-yard touchdown pass from Jimmy Garoppolo, 17-17. And in the final moments of the game, final four seconds, Randy Bullock, 44-yard field goal is good, 20-17, the victory for the Titans. David, what do we got on the stats for the day? For San Francisco, your passing leader, Jimmy G, 26-35, 322 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. Um Jeff Wilson Jr., 14 carries, 45 yards as their rushing leader and a touchdown. And receiving, this dude had a game. Debo Samuel, nine receptions, 159 yards. For the Tennessee Titans, uh, their passing leaders, Ryan Tannehill, 22-29, 209 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Their rushing leader was Jeremy McNichols, seven carries, 31 yards. And receiving, A.J. Brown, 11 receptions, 145 yards, and a touchdown. I'm so happy he was on my bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for uh, sure. I know. Year. that's It's hard. It's hard. It's definitely a tough pill to swallow. But, yeah, those are your uh, stats for the day, Tennessee and San Fran. Let's go on to our Christmas Day games, starting off with the Cleveland Browns and Green Bay Packers. <sighs> Cleveland, a team that's been rattled with COVID the last couple weeks, got a lot of their pieces back. And uh, made things very, very interesting on the day for the Packers. However, the Packers walk away with the win. They clinched the NFC North. 
They are 12 and 3 right now. Cleveland uh sits at 7 and 8. So uh a tough stretch. They've had a rough year. They were, you know, at um at one point, you know, they were uh, on paper, preseason, I had them Super Bowl contenders. Dude, I, I think everybody did. I we, I've I know we've talked about it a little bit before on this show, but yeah, like in the beginning of the year, my top 3 teams were Chiefs, Bucks, Bills, and then Browns. Like top 4 teams, I guess. Like they were there. They were like on paper top team. And now they're 7 and 8. I I would have never guessed that. They, yeah. I would never have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah, I really, you know, uh, are they eliminated from the playoffs? They no, got, no, no, not yet. Well, it, nobody's really eliminated. It's hard because it's like there's still a couple. There's weeks left. there's still two weeks left. So I so think, like if teams lose out, and they so if out. like Cincy loses out, and I think Cleveland has to play Cincy again, and Cleveland wins out, stuff stuff could happen. Just things have to fall a certain way. So yeah. like these next two weeks are going to be. Fucking insane! Yeah, as I know. Far for as the what the final the final rally, goes. the AFC North. That's the Ravens division, right? That's the North. Yes. Yeah, that division is going to come down to that last that last week. One hundred percent. That that division's insane. Uh, it's it's crazy what the, what this playoff. Race I think since like. he's got it, but uh, I ho- I hope so. I want them to win that. Oh division. yeah, that, I want them to host a playoff game. And the way they beat up on everybody today, or this, you know, this this. Especially the way we'll talk about them later, but the way they beat mm-hmm. up on uh, the Ravens this week, yeah, I, I think they're kind of a sentimental favorite, especially for a coach who I thought was going to be gone, um, gone yeah. by the end of this year. But yeah, for as far as this game goes, man, Green Bay played; they both played each other very, very tough. What is going? What is going Dang. on? Dang, is your PC like yelling at you? <sighs> All these ads on the damn ESPN website. Oh, I hate that. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I try it. That happens to me at work. Let me see. Wait, can I mute this? <laughs> Let me see if I can mute this. You can mute sites. I can. <sighs> Do you know how to mute sites? You right click on the tab and then hit mute site. Really? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I just learned something. Okay, good yeah. to know. My man saving the day. <laughs> All right. But yeah, Green Bay, it was it was tough, man. Cleveland had him on the ropes. Um you know, a little bit, but it was a great back and forth. Great Christmas Day game, I thought. Oh, it was super good. It was super it good. It was one of my favorite I love Aaron Rodgers and watching the Packers, and I know I'm going to be sad when he leaves next year. So, like watching them on Christmas was like, oh man, like I don't know, I'm not going to see this next year probably unless he oh. somehow resigns. But Dolphins go up to number seven if they win tomorrow. Wow, from one and seven to playoff, they got to win, beat uh, the Saints, and they control their destiny. Then that's a winnable game. They're, they got to be; they're probably favored in not that by, game. Probably not by much, but I'm sure they they're are. favored by three. So. There you go. And then they got the Titans and Pats, and they already beat the Pats once. They did. It's That's good. crazy. It's good stuff, man. It is good stuff. I love to see it. I love the drama. As long as the Bills are in, I love the drama. <laughs> as long as the Bills win the division, I love the drama. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, scoring plays, uh, scoring drives for this game. Uh, Nick Chubb, one-yard touchdown run. He had the first points of the game, but a missed extra point by their uh, by their kicker. Six nothing lead for the for the Browns, and then uh, Alan Lazard catches an eleven yard touchdown pass with an extra point made by Mason Crosby. Seven six lead. Second quarter, Devonte Adams catches a nine yard touchdown pass from uh, Rogers. Six to fourteen, Green Bay leads. Harrison Bryant catches a one yard pass from Baker Mayfield and a missed two point conversion. Uh, Twelve to fourteen, Packers still in the lead. 
Then, end of the 12 seconds left in the second quarter, Devontae Adams he catches a one-yard touchdown reception from Aaron Rodgers, 21-12. to Third quarter, Mason Crosby, 32-yard field goal is good. And, um, go up 24-12. Then the Browns, Chris Nagger, 37-yard field goal is good, 15-24. to Fourth quarter, garbage time, practically. Four minutes, 31 seconds left. Anthony Schwartz catches a five-yard touchdown pass, uh, 22-24. Just could not get anything done with it. Baker eventually throwing a uh, a game-sealing interception, uh, one that's been widely a little bit debated by the refs about tugging, but it's just like, Jesus, man. You're do- you're, you know, Baker threw four interceptions. If, if you take away that one, he still threw three interceptions. Yeah. And stop blaming the refs. I agree. Um, I uh, I agree on on bl- on not blaming the refs, at least in this situation too, because Baker Baker didn't play good. But I've watched the referees just blow so many calls in games this year. It's just getting frustrating. It's like, what do you do? Like, I know the refs are human, and it's the fans, the fans got to do it. it <laughs> yeah, right. It, it is though. I mean, if you stop watching the NFL, I guarantee. That shit changes with the refs. This it's, is the same. This is the same. See, see this is what I. Th- this is what they need to do. They can have their on-field referees that make calls, but they should just be having people in the booth, like review it in live time and just radio down and say this was a pass interference or this was not. Well, they Put do. Them. They do though. That's that. In but, most instances, they do. But that's when they have to stop and go to the booth. Sometimes they don't even go that far. They just make they the, get the they call get stuff radioed radio in. I I watched the the, the Colts game last week. Mm-hmm. Um. The Pittman and Patriots fight. I think it was Kyle Duggar fight. Okay, they got. I watched the Hard Knocks episode, and they got radioed in what they want, what from New York City, what they wanted to do with that specific, you yeah. know, incident. They do that, but then they why? just they, because people keep coming. They, there's not a whole lot of inclination to change, and and maybe it sounds fucked up, yeah. but people are viewing. Whatever you know, right. I feel and, like it's, I, it's dirty. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's dirty. Yeah. But until viewership starts leaving in droves, they are not going to do a thing mm-hmm. about officiating. This is how it works with any kind of entertainment property. All right. People were getting fed up with the all the penalties a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. All right. People were like oh started stopped watching. They saw the the numbers started to dip, dip a little in, bit. Yeah. They pull back on the penalties. This is it, it's all it is. It's yeah. all it is. The the uh, the celebration thing. Right, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. people were leaving. You know, stop watching because it's like Jesus Christ, man. Let them, let them play, let them have some fun. They they loosened up on it, so it's it's one of those things where it's viewership affects everything. They, they if people do. still if view, people still viewing it, why would they? You know what I mean? And I just don't, I just don't get with this day and age with technology and video replay and all this stuff. How are we still getting so many calls just wrong? Like I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They need to implement common sense law in the game where it yeah. just triumphs every other rule in the rule book to where like we just have common sense i do and that I, it just sucks because i feel for teams that lose crucial games because of crucial calls that were wrong you know like an apology like that one nfc championship game with uh nicole roby coleman in that interception or whatever i think it was what Rams saints yep like and in, if that was the bills that got fucked like that like i would lose my mind like i would go insane like that that's just like that just shows you how the human error in football can really affect a city no most certainly you know it's tough it's it's it tough. is 
Uh, what do we got on the stats for this game? Stats. Uh, your passing leader for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 21-36, 222 yards and two touchdowns, four interceptions. Your rushing leader is Nick Chubb, 17 carries for 126 yards and a touchdown. And your receiving leader is also Nick Chubb, three receptions for 58 yards. Uh, for the Packers, passing leader Aaron Rodgers, 24 of 34, uh, 202 yards and three touchdowns. Your rushing leader is Aaron Jones, 12 carries for 66 yards. And your receiving leader for Green Bay, Devontae Adams, 10 receptions, 114 yards and two tutties. All right, moving on. Next up, the Indianapolis Colts. Feeding the Arizona Cardinals on the road. Christmas evening game, 22-16 victory. It was ugly. It was hard to watch. But um, but at the end of the day, it was a good Christmas for you, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was something. It was something, <laughs> that's for sure. I will take it. Uh, Colts approved to 9-6. and six. Cardinals fall, dropped their third straight, fall to 10-5. and five. Colts rocked with COVID stuff this week. It's been it's been bad. Uh, earlier this week, Quentin Nelson got, uh, got COVID. I believe, it, oh, I forget who else got it. On the plane ride over, all right, after everything, after they fly, and that's why I'm fucking terrified for this week's COVID injury report and COVID stuff. In Arizona, Darius Leonard, Kyrie Willis, and Zachary Pascal all testing positive for COVID. So all these pieces out, four starting offensive linemen out. One of them, of course, Ryan Kelly, still taking some time away uh, after the loss of his unborn child, Um, and understandably so. I'm really glad the Colts are pretty sympathetic about that, but... um, but four of the five starting offensive linemen, no, three of the five, and it ended up being four of the five. Eric Fisher got hurt, then two backups got hurt, and the Colts finished with a uh, with an offensive line with Braden Smith, their only starting offensive lineman. Arizona pissed the game away. All right, they they did. That's what exactly what happened. Arizona could not overcome its own mistakes. Matt Prater missing, you know, once easy field goals for himself, botched snaps. Kyler Murray just making simple rookie like just rookie mistakes. It's hard, you know. I don't th- like. I'm happy that the Colts won, but it's more so on Arizona beating themselves than the Colts winning. I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna go that far. Really? I want to give my boys credit. Absolutely. I mean, they played hard. Bunch of backups going out there getting the job done. That's what you do. A win is a win. But Arizona shot themselves in the foot this entire game, and uh, and it didn't make matters, you know, easier. It's a bad look on on Cliff Kingsbury and this Arizona team right now. They could be a very they could be getting bounced out very early too after a pretty, uh, very very solid season. But um, but yeah, we got to see a lot more good from Carson Wentz this week. I was very very happy to see that uh, making some big time throws. The run game struggling to get going, of course, by a, by a you know a JV, a backup offensive line and Carson, who's been under a lot of criticism this year. All right, everybody's been doing it. Carson mm-hmm. can't win us games. Well, guess what, Colts fans, Colts Nation, and all the Colts haters. I hate that term, but uh, people who don't like the Colts and love to shit on Carson with probably a lot of Philadelphia fans. Uh, Carson went out and won us a game. All right, he played his heart out, running the ball, hitting big time throws when need be. I'm very happy. Two touchdowns, zero interception game for him. All right, very very happy with what Carson Wentz has been able to produce. If they get hot, or I'm sorry, if Carson Wentz gets hot, they are one of the more scary teams to me in the AFC. Because there's no teams in the AFC that are even dominant. And I think the Colts, with a good quarterback play, might be the most complete team in the AFC. And I'm not even just saying that. I Probably. genuinely mean that. I mean, they I spanked the it. Bills. 
and that was the, you know, Jonathan Taylor ran all over us. But if Carson Wentz plays literally like he played against Arizona on Christmas Day, there's no reason why they can't be a serious contender to to come out of the AFC and make it to the Super Bowl. I just, they can do it. and But it, I think it does come down to him. And I think that's why Carson Wentz gets that criticism is because I think everyone that watches the Colts or watches football knows, like, it comes down to him. If he's if he's weak, if he's not playing well, he's not playing good. Like the, the teams can capitalize on that, and sometimes I don't think it's warranted or fair that he gets that criticism because you know they rely on Jonathan Taylor and they run they rely on defense and running. But I think if he plays well, man, I it, it, I'd be, I as a Bills fan, there's a couple teams I don't want to play, and the Colts are one of them. I don't want to play the Colts. I hope we keep it that way. I you hope know? we keep it that way. And it was kind of like that for me last year. And that was when they had, you know, your boy Phillip Rivers, too. I mean, like, they're a team that has a good defense and I feel like a good, well rounded team for the most part. And it just comes down to quarterback play. No doubt. No doubt. Carson has to make this make this team a, a passing threat. That's that's what it is. Yep. Carson, they, Reich, yep. offensive coordinator Marcus Brady, they have to make the Colts a passing threat for this to be able to work perfectly as we get Exactly, because no no teams win in the Super Bowl just from running anymore. No. You have to at least instill that uh, that level, that play, that you know, that aerial attack to, to make some damage. I mean, you can re- rely on Jonathan Taylor in the run game, but you need to have that quarterback play that can get you over the top or win you a game like they did on Christmas. So. Absolutely. Uh, your scoring drives for this game, T.Y. Hilton. The first point on the board catches a one-yard touchdown pass from Carson Wentz. 7 nothing lead. Uh, then the Cardinals answer back. Chase Edmonds off of a two-yard run, but Matt Prater misses an extra point. Seven to six, Colts in the lead. Second quarter, um, you get a safety. All right, uh, Colts are, have Cardinals backed up on the like two yard line, one yard line. They bring the pressure. Murray throws it out of bounds. Nobody there. Safety. They get the safety, and then uh, with one second left, Michael Badgley gets a forty-one yard field goal. Colts up twelve to six at halftime. Third quarter, Anthony Wesley or Antoine Wesley, excuse me, twenty-four yard touchdown reception. 12 to 13 Cardinals on the board. Well, not on the board, but they're taking the lead. And then end of the third quarter, Michael Badley hits a 37-yard field goal, 15 to 13 lead there. Fourth quarter, Desmond Patton catches a 14 beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh touchdown pass from Carson Wentz. Great awareness, great patience. 22 to 13 Indy leads, and then Matt Prater hits a field goal in uh, while they're trying to chase and get this lead. 28-yard field goal is good. Colts win 22-16. What do we got on stats for the day? Uh, For the stats, the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz is their passing leader, 18-28, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Your rushing leader, Jonathan Taylor, 27 carries for 108 yards. And your receiving leader is Michael Pittman, Jr., eight receptions, 82 yards. For the Cardinals, your passing leader is Kyler Murray, 27-43, 245 yards and a touchdown. Your rushing leader is also Kyler Murray, four carries for 74 yards. Um, And your receiving leader is Chase Edmonds, eight receptions, 71 yards. How much do you think a safety should be worth? You brought up the safety, and I've been sitting here just like... What like a, a safety like, and point? Do you I think, think two, two points? Two fair. Do you? I feel yeah. like they should be worth. Yeah, a but touchdown. it's true. But you get the ball back though. You do get the ball back. So I, think I feel fair. like you should at least get half a touchdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm okay with two getting the ball back. I think it's a fair. I, I mean, I guess fair. the ball back is a big. It's a big plus. That is a big swing. Yeah, you get some points and you get the ball back. All right. Yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, 
All right. Next up, we are losing the internet. Awesome. Uh, we are looking at the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Atlanta getting a win here. They uh, defeated the. Oh my God! This is really messing me up right now. All right. They defeated the Lions twenty to sixteen. Uh, Lions could not capitalize on coming off their uh, their big victory over Arizona last week. So uh, I didn't watch too much of this game. Did Jared Goff have COVID or something? Yes, he oh, okay. was out with COVID. Did not uh, know that either. The real TB12, Tim Boyle, uh, <laughs> playing for Detroit. And you know what? They honestly almost pulled it off. They kept it fun. They kept it interesting. But uh, regardless, the Falcons getting a much-needed win here. It's Atlanta's first win in, I think, over a year in Atlanta, mm. which is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Um, so good on them. Good on them for that. Uh, I I don't have too much to count. I really don't have There's too not much. much to talk about this game. I mean, two bummy teams, you know, they're kind of out of it. And the, you know, kind of, I mean, Atlanta could make a little bit of a run, but it, yeah, it's maybe it's, yeah. it's not likely. Um, there's really not much to talk about. No, <laughs> um, no, we'll leave, we'll we'll kind of leave it at that though. Um, scoring drives for this game, Riley, Riley Patterson, 26 yard field goal is good for the Lions. Second quarter, Cordero Patterson, six yard run for the Falcons puts them on the board, seven to three lead. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown catches a 20-yard touchdown pass from Tim Boyle. Uh, 10-7, Detroit leads. And then Young-Way Koo, 53-yard th- field goal is good, tied at 10. Third quarter, Young-Way Koo, 48-yard uh, field goal is good, 13-10 lead. And then Riley Patterson hits a 37-yard field goal, tied at 13. Fourth quarter, oh, excuse me. Fourth quarter, Hayden Hurst for the Falcons catches a 12-yard touchdown pass. And uh, go up twenty to thirteen. And Riley Patterson, two minutes thirty eight seconds left. It's a twenty six yard field goal is good, and that is game sixteen to twenty. Uh, this is a final score for Atlanta and Detroit. Uh, what are the stats for uh, Detroit? Your passing leader Tim Boyle, uh, twenty four thirty four, one hundred eighty seven yards, one touchdown, one int. Rushing leader Jamal Williams, nineteen carries for seventy seven yards, and your receiving leader. The guy that saved me in fantasy, Amon Ross St. Brown, nine receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. For Atlanta, your passing leader is Matty Ice, 18-24, 215 yards, and a touchdown. Your rushing leader is Mike Davis, seven carries for 28 yards. And your receiving leader, uh, Kyle Pitts, six receptions, 102 yards, and that is your stats for that game. All right, next up, NFC South matchup, Tampa Bay uh, claiming the uh, NFC South crown for the first time since 2007 with a 32-6 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Bucks improved 11-4. Carolina falls to 5-10. and uh, Probably the last home game of Cam Newton here in Carolina uh, again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Hope, for possibly for, for them. It was a whole, whole damn mess. Cam had, like, one good play. They benched him. They put in... Uh, Sam Darnold, and it was just—it was just not good, man. Carolina needs that team needs Jesus. Uh, <laughs> we need to get rid of this guy. Yeah, like, it, they're, they're the whole mess. They're still paying Teddy B. Yeah, they're paying Sam Darnold. They paid Cam ten mil, I think, this year yeah. to, to lure him out of. You know, it's just not a good uh, future. Like, if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm not really excited about anything right now. It's hard to. You know, they like, start out. Remember when they started? They started three and zero. Yeah, and they're two and eight since then. And that's bad. And they just, you know, I don't, I don't even know the trade value anymore. But if I was them, like I would try and trade McCaffrey and just like total reset. I mean, how many more years do you have of this guy being good? 
I don't know. You know, he's, like, what, he's what, 2017, I think he was drafted? Yeah, and like, and he's already starting to get injury problems. And I mean, he's in a position, he's that type of player that's going to take hits and have injuries. And it's like he's the best running back in the game when he's healthy. Yeah. I just, that they just need to do a total refresh, I feel like. Oh, I concur, man. It's tough in it's tough in Pantherland right now. A hundred percent. But yeah, don't, don't have much for this game. Tampa Bay down and beat up in the fact that they put this kind of ass whooping on the Carolina Panthers defense, which is actually very respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, says a lot about the Bucks. No Chris Godwin. No Leonard Fournette. Uh, Evans. Mike Evans hurt, banged up. Uh, I think there's a couple other pieces out. And Tampa had a pretty good showing um, against this team. So mm-hmm. uh, good on the Bucks. They're doing well for themselves this year. I don't know if they're Super Bowl. They're Super Bowl contenders, no doubt. But I don't know otherwise. I, I don't know if they. I don't know if they can win it just quite yet. But they are playing pretty good right now. Uh, your scoring drives for this game. The Panthers opened up scoring with their kicker Hajrulal. Who? Jesus Christ, ha, Hajrulahu. Twenty. I hope I don't. Oh, I have to say that name. One more time. Uh, 24-yard field goes good. 3-0 lead for the Panthers. Then for the Bucks, Keyshawn Vaughn, 55-yard touchdown run. 7-3, the Bucks in the lead. Second quarter, Ryan Suckup. 36-yard field goes good. 10-3 lead. And then Hajrulahu. 29-yard <laughs> field goes good. 10-6. And that's all Buccaneers after that. I'm just going to run through it. Second quarter, back half. Ryan Suckup hits a 43-yard field goal. And then Cameron Brait. Four-yard touchdown reception with a failed two-point conversion. 19-6, the Bucks lead at halftime. Third quarter, Ryan Suckup hits a 21-yard field goal. And then Rojo, Ronald Jones, the second, seven-yard touchdown rush. 29-6 lead there. And in the fourth quarter, Ryan Suckup hits a 48-yard field goal. 32-6 victory for the Bucks. What are your stats on the day? Sorry, I was looking at that kicker's name laughing, trying to pronounce it in my head. So <laughs> how, do, how, do you think, how do you think I did? Uh, do it again. <laughs> Hold on, let me go back. Haj, Hajralahu? <laughs> I don't even know if that's right or wrong. I feel like uh, uh, bad for laughing, but... Ha- Hajralahu. Hajralahu. Yeah, that's got to be right. Unless the J is silent, Harulahu. It might be. Harulahu. Wow, that is, he is not who I thought had that last No, time. I, I agree. I just had his picture He's of like him. from Canada or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I, I had the same thought in my head. I was like, wait, the name really don't match up to your face. No. Um... But it's a, for, for for anyone listening, he kind of like looks like I don't know, like Sam Darnold when he's shaven or something. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, back to the stats uh, for Tampa Bay. Your passing leader is Tom Brady, eighteen to thirty, two hundred thirty-two yards and a touchdown. Um, your rushing leader is Keyshawn Vaughn, seven carries, seventy yards and a touchdown. And your receiving leader is Antonio Brown, ten receptions, one hundred and one yards. For Carolina, your passing leader is Sam Darnold, 15 to 32, 190 yards. Your rushing leader is Cam Newton, five carries, 42 yards. And your receiving leader is She Smith. I just had a like flashback to Steve Smith. <laughs> uh, three receptions and 86 yards. And that is your stats for Tampa versus Carolina. All right. Next up, AFC North matchup here. The Bengals sweeping the Baltimore Ravens 41 to 20 with a 41 to 21 victory here. They improved to 9 and 6. Cincinnati is number 1 in the AFC North. They have the current third seed right now in the AFC playoffs as well. Baltimore falls to 8 and 7. It has been a very very rough month stretch for them between Lamar Jackson's injuries, between uh their cornerbacks 
I season ending IR, COVID issues. Mm-hmm. It just has not been good. And you look back, and a lot of those failed two point conversions that Jim Harbaugh wanted to go for, whether they would have panned out or not, that is up for debate. Mm-hmm. That is up for debate. But they may have shot Baltimore in the foot and sealed their fate because I honestly do not expect Baltimore to make the postseason right now. It's crazy. Four weeks ago, they were first place yeah. in the entire FC, what, eight and three, yep. maybe? And then they lost four straight games. And now they're eight and seven, and they're on the outside looking in. Like, yep. That's what a swing. And at one point, when they were in that first spot, well, that's what, week 11 or 12, we're like, yeah, Baltimore's probably going to get the first They're playing seed. up. They're, they're really good. They're Hardball, playing yeah, was coach of the year. And Lamar yeah. was like, okay, Lamar, playing, MVP. Yeah, and then all those other AFC teams, you know, Tennessee's getting banged up. KC's a little inconsistent. The Bills aren't beating anybody. It's like, yeah, the Ravens are going to do it. And then here they are four weeks later losing to the Steelers from a two-point conversion, to the Browns, uh, uh, the Raven, or the Packers on another two-point conversion. And then you know, they are getting blown out by the Bengals. It sucks that they don't have Lamar or even their second string. They had to roll the dice with what? Uh, Brother, Josh I Johnson fucking and... signed him off waivers on fantasy. Half an hour later, COVID out. I, I wanted to start him over Ben Roethlisberger today. Oh, uh, well, Hunley. Hunley, or... yeah, he's he, good. He's not, he, dude. He, he's he's slinging it. He's he's gonna end up being a starter on a team next year for like a failing franchise <laughs> that like just is like, yeah, we need a quarterback. Yeah, I guarantee it. Um, but yeah, he, you know, I was pumped. So, you know, my fantasy troubles this year, I've talked to you about it. And today I was fighting for first pick. We do like a toilet bowl. Joe Burrow single-handedly saved me. And I actually won something this year, the first pick for next year, (laughs) thanks to this guy. 525 yards and four touchdowns against the Ravens. Yeah, they called one touchdown back, too, which I was sad about. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, he beat the fuck out of that. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Ravens are, like, usually. Excuse my language. (laughs) The Ravens are normally known for, like, Usually, like defense, I feel like for the most part, like at least not getting blown out like that. And holy moly, yeah, Bengals are starting to earn a uh, that scary team, right? They're they're a balanced team. They are a balanced team. But their their defense is their kryptonite. They it is, and they're also inconsistent at times too. Because you'll look at them and like, dude, they're good. And then a couple weeks ago, it's like ah, I don't even know if they'll make the play. It's like it's crazy with these AFC teams. Um but if the Bengals are rolling on all cylinders, like their offense is scary. Mixon's been a lights out this year. Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, like they got a good offense. Their defense needs to just show up. Yeah, no, this Bengals team is scary, man. It was fun. I, I mean, every time I looked on Twitter, there's a new highlight from Joe Burrow. I think he set a franchise record today, too. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, oh, probably. I'm yeah. pretty sure he did. That makes sense. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty filthy. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did damn good for himself. Um, yeah, Bengals looking up, and I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. I think. I, I actually I think they got to play Cleveland one more time, and I don't know who their other opponent is because they swept Pittsburgh already. Who are the Bengals? Yeah. They play the Chiefs next week. Oh shit! That's actually. I'm actually very intrigued by that. Yeah, that's like a game where. At least for Yo, the if, Bills, like, and, you know, maybe you in the same boat, like, you know, outside astronomical chance to get that first seed. It's like, well, if the Bengals win, you never know. Last week of the year. You know, it's, know, you know. yeah. No, you, you, there's, there's, that's no doubt, man. That's you a big know. game for Cincy. Big game for Burrow. Is that a one o'clock game, too? I think it's a four. Ooh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. I'm all for it. Right. Your scoring drives for this game. Uh, Evan McPherson for the Bengals. Opened up scoring with a 30-yard field goal, 3-0 Baltimore. 
And then Rashad Bateman catches a four-yard touchdown pass from Josh Johnson, who is on his 12th NFL team, I read. I believe it's his 12th. Crazy. And he has been floating around for a long time. And he always he always comes in and has like these these amazing games, and he just gets shipped out. Um, 7-3, Baltimore leads. And then Joe Mixon with a one-yard run, 10-7. Uh, Cincinnati leads, and man, did they not look back. Second quarter, Tyler Boyd, 68-yard touchdown reception. 17-7 lead, then Joe Mixon, a 9-yard touchdown reception. 24-7 lead. Devontae Freeman gets a 2-yard run for the Ravens, 14-24. And then 21 seconds left in the half. T. Higgins, 1-yard touchdown reception, uh, 31-14. Third quarter, only scoring, 40 seconds left. Evan McPherson, 36-yard field goal is good, 34-14. And in the fourth quarter, Mark Andrews takes a 18-yard touchdown reception from uh, Josh Johnson, 21-34. Excuse me. And then T. Higgins hits, catches a 10-yard touchdown pass, 41-21, putting the nail in the coffin uh, for the Raiders in this game. Uh, what do we got for the stats? For the stats as it's loading. All right. For the Ravens, passing leader Josh Johnson. Man, this dude's been everywhere. 28 of 40, 304 yards, two touchdowns, one INT. Uh, rushing, you got Devontae Freeman, six carries for a whopping 17 yards and a touchdown. And receiving, Mark Andrews, eight receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. For the Bengals, my lord and savior in fantasy, Joe Burrow is your passing leader, 37 of 46, 525 yards, four touchdowns. Your rushing leader is Joe Mixon, 18 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. And your receiving leader is T. Higgins, 12 receptions, 194 yards, and two touchdowns. Have a day, Cincy. Absolutely, man. They uh, they killed it. That yeah, I, I forgot they were playing KC next, and that is awesome. It's just an intriguing, like, this is a game for them where it's like, all right, you play KC, let's see if you can hang with the big boys of the AFC. And maybe they can. We'll see. <laughs> We shall see. Yeah, that's a, it's a massive, massive game. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, probably the biggest upset of the week, Houston Texans defeating the Los Angeles Chargers 41-29. to Wild. Yeah. 41-29 to they won. Um, yeah. I just can't believe they, the Chargers lost. <laughs> I just think back, and I've said it a couple points throughout the year when talking about the Chargers. I think about in the beginning of the year when the Chargers and Ravens played each other. And as a Bills fan, I'm like, who do I root for? And I knew the Chargers were pretenders, man. Like, I just, I don't know. They they got a good quarterback. But how do they lose to the Texans? Like, what, like, how? Like, how did that happen? I, I have no idea. You know what? I got to give a lot of, I think we got to give a lot of coach to David Cauley, the Houston Texans head coach. Mm-hmm. I seen this on Twitter. That's very interesting. The Texans right now have as many wins as they had last year with the Sean Watson under center. That's impressive. So a lot, a lot of kudos to David Cauley, who has his guys prepared. And I'm not going to lie, like I, I, well, I think well, we should bring this up too. Chargers did have a couple big time COVID issues, and that's they not did. an excuse either. Austin no. Eckler, Mike Williams, that hurts. That stuff hurts. Um. No doubt, but David Cauley has his guys prepared. They're the ultimate underdogs, and it's fun. Like they, they have Houston has Tennessee next week, and they beat them once before. I was going to say they beat 
the or no, Char- actually, no, they have them in two weeks. Two season. weeks, yeah. I was going to say they beat the Chargers and the Titans, and those are two decent teams. And, I mean, the other two te- wins they have are against the Jaguars, which are, are whatever. But, you know, it's at four wins in last year, and the, the only difference between last year and this year is a, a superstar quarterback not being there and you have the same amount of wins. I don't know. Like, kudos to that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, me and Brian, um, Brian Finch, uh, our film study co-host, big Davis Mills fans. And I think this kid has a very good future. A lot of people shit on Houston for taking a quarterback with the third overall pick, mm. their, which was their first of the draft. I like Davis Mills. I think he's showing a huge upside, man. Get this dude some weapons. Right. Get this guy a team around him. Davis Mills could and, be something. And and quarterbacks are not like, oh, come out of the draft and you're good. Like they need time to develop. And no one's Patrick Mahomes. Like you need time to develop. And like, you know, this guy, let's see what he could do with uh, a team around him. Uh I think back to one of your Facebook posts in the beginning of the year, and it was like it was one of your posts was like, Who's your bottom five right. of the year? And I remember I put Jacksonville last and someone on that post was like yelling at me about Houston and I'm like I'm like yeah Houston will be bad and now I just want to laugh at whoever that was because Houston has two more wins than Jacksonville (laughs) and I knew Jacksonville would be bad although I mean again we're talking you know trash and trash yeah no no doubt I mean there's so many bad teams but you know I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> no, for sure. But, yeah, this loss is huge. No, it, it's a good point. It's a good point. That, that had major implications for the Chargers and their postseason. I mean, like, if as a tech, as a team that's out of it, I think you've got to get prepared for these games thinking, okay, what does this game mean to the other team? Let's ruin it for them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's got to motivate you. Hey, let's, let's stop them from going to the playoffs. Let's have an impact. And they did. They balled out. 41 points on that Chargers defense is impressive. No. COVID no. or not. You know, no doubt it is, man. No doubt. So yeah, good for Houston. This opens the door for a lot of shifting. Mm-hmm. Chargers can find their way back in it right now, but they do not control their own destiny. I think they went for the fifth seed. I Probably. think they went from five to like to eight. To eight. Yeah, that's but they're gonna right. ju- if they get bumped out because Miami has a tiebreaker over the Ravens. Ravens beat the Chargers. Miami beat Ravens head to head. They're gonna get bumped back a little bit more. So that's that's what all that's about. Yeah. But uh, your scoring plays for this game, Dustin Hopkins opened up scoring for the Chargers. Fifty yard field goal is good. Three nothing lead there. Excuse me. Next up uh, for the Texans, Rex Burkhead, twenty five yard touchdown run. Didn't know this dude still playing the league, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, he did it. Seven to three lead for the Texans. Then Chargers answer back with another field goal. Dustin Hopkins, 46 yards, 6-7 to seven there. Second quarter, Justin Jackson hits a 17-yard touchdown run with a failed two-point conversion. Chargers, 12-7 to seven lead. And then the Houston Texans finish up the second quarter with a Dominic Eberle, 51-yard field goal, 12-10. And then they take the lead with 27 seconds left in the half with a Chris Conley 41-yard touchdown reception. Uh, seventeen to twelve at halftime. Third quarter. Dustin Hopkins, thirty-five yard field goal is good. Chargers, um, fifteen to seventeen. Fourth quarter. Rex Burkhead a one-yard touchdown run to go up twenty-four fifteen, and then Dominic Eberly hits a twenty-five yard field goal twenty-seven fifteen. Justin Jackson has a nine-yard touchdown run uh, with a successful two-point conversion twenty-three twenty-seven. Chargers starting to breathe down their neck, and then oh my god. It's a wrap. It's a neck. Uh, Nico Collins, 13-yard touchdown reception, 34-23. 
And then Tavier Thomas, a 48-yard pick six to go up 41-23. And then in practical garbage time, 34 seconds left, Josh Palmer had to catch a three-yard touchdown pass from Justin Herbert with a mm. failed two-point conversion. Huge, that, huge uh, loss. That three-yard pass to end the game was the difference between my buddy winning $500. Really? Because <laughs> he he took prop bets. He does it along with me, and he had uh, Josh Palmer. He needed, like, two more yards for him to, like, hit the over-under on whatever his prop bet was, and he <laughs> got that pass, and it was he was going insane. Crazy That's... how much garbage time can affect a, a gambling. I won a fantasy game at garbage time one time. Beat my dad. I was losing by three, and on the final drive, I ended up winning by point six. Dude, the best – you're a Colts fan. The best player in, like, not even garbage time, but the best player in the fourth quarter to me was, like, Andrew Luck when he was on the Colts. This dude had, like, four points in, in the fourth quarter. He had end up with, like, 45. Nah, Blake Bortles and always I was the best say, fourth quarter quarterback. He's, he's the best, uh, like, garbage time quarterback. Where the game's over, like, and he's just slinging the ball. Andrew Luck would be fighting for a win in the fourth quarter, but <laughs> Blake Bortles would be fighting to just get a touchdown. But, yeah, he was a good he was a good garbage time quarterback. Um, you want to run through the stats? Yes, sir. Please and thank you. For the Chargers, passing leader Herbert, 27-35, 336 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. Uh, your rushing leaders, Justin Jackson, 11 rushes for 64 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's also your receiving leader, eight receptions for 98 yards. For Houston, your passing leader, Davis Mills, 21-27, 254 yards and two touchdowns. Your rushing leader and also another man that saved my fantasy game, Rex Burkhead, 22 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Who would have thought? And your receiving <laughs> leader uh, for Houston is Chris Conley, uh, three receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. And that is your leaders. All right. Very good. Next up, the Los Angeles Rams squeak out a victory over the Minnesota Vikings, improved 11-4 and on the season with a 30-23 to victory. Over the Minnesota Vikings, who fall to seven and eight, man, what a uh, back and forth game! I was playing against Matthew Stafford in fantasy, and I was elated uh, when I see th- seen it through three interceptions. He made things mm-hmm. interesting, but he this did. team, the Rams, resilient as ever, and uh, and I believe they are now in control of their own destiny. They have jumped Arizona with this victory. Uh, I think Arizona has. Have they played? Oh Jonathan yeah, Tyson? so they they're in the division lead. Then they're division leaders. Who would have thought? Like at one point when the they were, what the Cardinals had like one loss at one point right like they start off seven no no seven no and I mean I think everyone knew the Rams were a good team uh, and they would be up there but after the the way the Cardinals started you're like oh they're gonna they're gonna probably be the number one team in the NFC yeah but the Rams dude that you know the, for your quarterback to throw three interceptions and really not have a good game and still win by seven points against a decent team fighting for a playoff spot. That's got to be something positive. I mean, obviously you need to change that and fix that, but if you're winning a game with quarterback play like that, that tells you how good your team can be. Absolutely, man. Good, good. for the Rams. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. Me too. Um, just, Even though he's probably not happy right now. <laughs> he's probably not. He did He did have an interesting comment. He goes, ah, I made it fun, right? So humble. <laughs> Stafford's the greatest man. I, I, I love that dude because he's just never gotten enough credit, um, and he's always been underrated because he's been buried away in Detroit. I... You know, as a football fan, would love to see this dude just win a Super Bowl, um, just because he deserves it. <laughs> he's been a good quarterback since he's come out of the out of the draft. You know, a long ass time ago. No, one hundred percent, man. He did. But. He did good. Minnesota 
is a team who we've talked about should be much better. They've lost, I think, many of their games by seven points or less. The Vikings? Uh, the Vikings yeah. have. So, yeah. um, you know, that's another team who's been largely disappointing. They're the second. They're the runner-up right now in the the NFC North. Like, it's crazy how head and shoulders, you know, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is over this division. And yeah. once he leaves, things are going to open right up. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. I do not think the Packers are ready to, su- to succeed. So, um, I, I don't – to succeed after Aaron Rodgers just yet. So I, I don't know what's going to go happen with that. But Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be the Vikings' time to shine next you year. You would think, but it's like, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and mean, that is if Aaron Rodgers even leaves. you got to keep that in consideration, I, too. I know he is a wild card, and he could easily change his mind and resign, but he's also very stubborn, I feel like, and I don't think he's staying. No. I, he's I, got to honor his contract and get the fuck out. Right, right. Like, I, I even if he wins a Super Bowl, I just feel like he's out. Oh yeah, unless they like maybe lose in like dramatic fashion, and he's like, ah, we need to run it back again or something. But I think he's tapped out. I think I, he's tapped out of Green Bay. I think he's tapped out of the Green Bay media. I don't know where he's gonna go, but it's going to be particularly interesting to see. All I these really, quarterbacks yeah. He, if, I mean, if he's smart, he's got to go with a team that just really needs a quarterback. And yeah. If he goes to Indianapolis, I'll snap. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I think I'm happy with Carson. I think I'm happy long You wouldn't be mad or you would you wouldn't be elated if he was the Colts quarterback for the I mean, I would if he did it this year. I want a guy who's gonna be around a long time. Carson Wentz is still young, man. How old is he? Car- he got drafted in like twenty sixteen. He's still on the young side. I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers for a short for a short window. Yes, you I, could I win think. a Super Bowl if that dude's your quarterback. Exactly, but I like I, I like I kind of like longit like the longevity. But idea. like, what if you got Rodgers as your quarterback and then you draft the guy high? Yeah, it's possible. I feel like you couldn't turn that down. Probably not. Aaron huh? Rodgers, maybe the best talented quarterback ever. Probably. I don't know. It doesn't mean you don't have to like. Carson I don't know Wentz. how. No, I, you could like him, but you could just say like. That's I, true. I I don't know how it. I I, I, I know though. It's a tough question. It is a very. T- it's actually a very good question though. You know, but, it, uh, it is tough. But it's like, man, what do you do with? Um, is he gonna be one of those guys who kind of comes in and just fits the culture? Like, what mm-hmm. the heck's going on? It's one of those things. I just feel like if you look at all the teams in the NFL, there's a few teams that would really benefit from, like, even like the Vikings. If the Vikings got him, they'd probably be. Wherever the Packers are. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, like, man. That and be, that would be some drama. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I would. I, I, would, I still think. I'd sign up for that one. I still think he goes to New Orleans based on just, I think they're a decent team. I feel like he'd want to play for Sean Payton. And that would be a fun combo. That would be a cool combo. It would be. And he's got some receivers there and all that jazz. No doubt. But, yeah, scoring drives for this game. First quarter, Sonny Michelle, one-yard run. 7-0 lead there. Second quarter, Matt Gay hits a 32-yard field goal for the Rams. 10-0 lead. Greg Joseph for the uh, Vikings. 23-yard field goal is good. 10-3 there. And then Matt Gay, a 31-yard field goal. 13-3 lead at halftime. Third quarter, Alexander Madison, 2-yard run. 13-10 uh, now for the Vikings. Rams answer back with a Brandon Powell 61-yard punt return. 20-10. And then Greg Joseph hits a 24-yard field goal. We got 20 to 13 at the end of the third quarter. Fourth quarter, OBJ seven-yard touchdown reception, 27 to 13. The Vikings, uh, KJ Osborne takes a six-yard touchdown reception. Excuse me, do uh, 27 to 20. Matt Gay hits a 24-yard field goal, 30 to 20 for the Rams. And then the final point of the game, 32 seconds left. Greg Joseph, 44-yard field goal. 
thirty to twenty three. Vikes in Vikes, or yeah, doesn't matter. Rams win. <laughs> Rams win. That's what I'm going with here. That's what I'm going with. So yeah, Rams win thirty to twenty three. What do we got for the stats on the game? Uh, your passing leader for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, twenty one to thirty seven, one hundred ninety seven yards, one touchdown, three ints. Your rushing leader, Sony Michelle, twenty seven carries, one hundred thirty one yards, and a touchdown. Have a day. Um, and receiving you, the one and only Cooper Cup, ten receptions, one hundred and nine yards. For the Vikings, your passing leader is Kirk Cousins, 27 of 38, 315 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Uh, And your rushing leader for Minnesota is Alexander Madison, 13 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. And your receiving leader, uh, Justin Jefferson, with eight receptions, 116 yards. And there you have that. And there we have that. Let's go on to our next game, the Bills and New England Bills winning 33-21 to 21 to uh, take lead and control their own destiny. Ugh. They are heading the AFC East with a yeah, 33-21 victory. Uh, both teams sitting at 9-6. and six. They split their uh, series this year. And a uh, very, very – it was a good game. It was a damn good game. A lot very of excitement game. that came into it. Bills pissed off. Uh, they came in firing on all cylinders, and they did a good job establishing the run and uh, getting Josh Allen going in the passing game. And, man, New England, I can't say enough good things about them. A very, very bright future they have ahead of them as long as Bill Belichick stays in place. Mm-hmm. As long as this team continues to operate the way that they, uh, you know, that they that they are currently. I think Mac is going to be a very, very good quarterback someday. He having a lot of rookie mistakes this last half, but, listen, his team had no business being 9-6, and six and he got them there. So, right. um, so good on him. I know you had a lot to say about the Bills game earlier. Is there anything you want to add on to it? I just a couple things. Sure. Uh, first off, Josh Allen is a stud. Like I think this was a game where it's like you want your quarterback to be the best player on your team, and that's Josh Allen for the Bills. Like he, this dude goes out and makes plays to win them games, and even at the end of the game, uh, it, that that last touchdown they scored or whatever. I mean, he had a key fourth down pickup. Uh, he was kind of like rolling to the side, and he just dipped. And I don't know. It's just the the way he makes plays. It's like he's he's gonna go out there and win you a game. Um, and I just love to see that from him. Uh, Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit in this game. Uh, he finally stopped being conservative, and I think that's the difference. Uh, going forward on fourth down, being aggressive. I mean, that's how he scored that first touchdown in the game. We went forward on fourth down, um, and we got it. And he did it throughout the entire game. That's the stuff we did last year that made us a dominant team. Uh huh. Because when you have the Bills' strengths is Josh Allen. That is a something that separates us from other teams, along with our weapons on offense, even with COVID-related issues. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie stepped up, still have Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Singletary. I mean, like, we have a good offense, and, and again, Josh Allen at the home. He, a tough guy to bring down. He's got the most average yards per run out of every player in the NFL. Like it, go for it on four down. Like if you if you're a four down team, like you're already putting yourself in an advantage. And we saw that today. Sean McDermott being very very aggressive set the bar. It made Patriots play catch up the whole game right out the gate. Yeah, and that's how you beat the Patriots because if you let them control the clock and control the ball and then score, they one mistake can just put them right back on top. If you come out gunning, aggressive, aiming for touchdowns. Um, that's that's the difference. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, this dude, 
looked so good. He, I give him a lot of credit. He was getting scratched, being healthy scratched a couple of times throughout the year, um, not getting any playing time. And this dude came out balling, catching 11, what, 11 receptions over 100 yards and a touchdown. Like he, He's very fast. He's a key player on that offense to keep teams off balance, and I hope they use him more going forward. Um, other than that, I just loved what I saw from Buffalo. This is the type of game I expected them to have the first time they played, but I know the wind uh, kind of changed the dynamic of that game a lot. But this is the Buffalo team that I want to see. Um, they play the Falcons and the Jets down the season, so hopefully they can finish that out, be 11-6, and six, carry that into the end of the postseason with a home playoff game. I, I'm just happy. Uh, I think they they could have won by more points, but not even going to get into it. I'm just going to be happy and be one of those like optimistic fans today and just be happy and ride that ride that wave. So, no doubt, no doubt, my man. Happy to hear you guys got a big dub, um, massive dub, massive game of the dub. year, massive dub. Let's run through the scoring drives of this game. First quarter, Isaiah McKenzie three yard touchdown pass. Uh, excuse me, reception. Uh, seven nothing lead there. Second quarter, Damian Harris gets a 16 yard run, tied at seven to open up the second quarter. Uh, Tyler Bassett's a 25-yard field goal, 10-7 lead. And as Stephon Diggs catches a 12-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen, uh, 17-7, then proceeds to tell uh, a lot of Bostonians to uh, suck his dick, I Is think. That, was that actually what it was? We, I think we got to break this down in the Alt-22. <laughs> we might be doing some film study on this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I need to know what exactly was there's, said. There's multiple things. Uh, I, I heard a, that a fan yelled it. Because it, it didn't sound no, like... No, because he pointed, you, 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 you. And then uh, when he was pointing, I heard, that's when a fan yelled it. That's I don't know if that's actually true. That's just what I heard. Uh, I it know. sounded just like the you, 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 right? What was the other thing that was possibly said? Uh, it was... Uh, it's, the one was suck your dick, and the other one was... Like, <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that was it. I yeah. think it was the other one. So, yeah. But yeah, there, there's. it depends on how you hear this audio, but man. Yeah, I, I would love to break that down. I hope Diggs would just admit it. <laughs> I, my, me personally, I think he was just trying to like celebrate and taunt a little bit, and the fans, I think that would make sense to me. I couldn't just see him saying like, yo. Yeah, it, it seemed very out of character. For even, for, for Stefan Diggs, it does. Uh, I If he did say that, I'm all for it. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's funny. I mean, whatever. But, you know. That's my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, this this is the most interest that I've been in this this Bills Patriots rivalry ever. I could do got to say that, but right, it's heating up. Third quarter, Tyler Bass thirty four yard field goal is good, twenty to seven lead, and then Damian Harris with a one yard run, twenty to fourteen lead. Fourth quarter, Devin Singletary two yard run with a failed two point conversion, twenty six fourteen Bills in the lead, and then Damian Harris gets an eight yard run, twenty six twenty one. And the uh, the final point of the game, Dawson Knox wide open catches a two yard touchdown pass. 33-21. to 21. That is the final score of this game. What do we got for the stats today? Uh, for the Buffalo Bills, your passing leader is Big Daddy Allen, 30-47, 314 yards and three touchdowns. Your rushing leader is also Big Daddy Josh Allen, 12 carries for 64 yards. And your receiving leader, uh, have a day, Isaiah McKenzie, 11 receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. For the New England Patriots, your passing leader was Mac Jones, 14 of 32 for 145 yards and two INTs. Your rushing leader is uh, Damian Harris, 18 carries, 103 yards and three touchdowns. And your receiving leader is Jacoby Myers, six receptions for 59 yards and a Buffalo win. Back in need of the division of the AFC East. Kudos to my Bills. 
what game's next, buddy? All right, next up, a game we don't have to talk much about. Jacksonville, New York, the battle of the one and two overall picks. <laughs> Literally. Uh, for quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson was the big story of this game, and man, did it not deliver. Jacks win 26-21 to improve to 4-11. and um, Jags fall to 2-13, and man. Who would have thought? Zach Wilson would be the guy getting the dub over Trevor Lawrence and company. I get it. Uh, biggest news to come out of this game, James Robinson out for the remainder of the season. Really, really close to having another, I believe, 1,000-yard season. Damn. And uh, tore, I think, his Achilles, Achilles oh, injury. Oh, man. So it's, it's bad. He's going to be out next year, too, then. Possibly. I think it's Achilles. Either, I mean, it's obviously either Achilles or ACL, but I'm pretty sure it's Achilles. It's not good. Um, he got me one point in fantasy, but I want to wish James Robinson well, man. That dude has had a roller coaster of a year between that piece of shit Urban Meyer, Holt sitting yeah. him out for no reason. Yep. Um, Oh, James Robinson's a great running back, one of the better undrafted running backs that, that have come into the NFL over the last couple of years. Um, we, you know, we wish you the best. We wish all the players who get hurt. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, but that was just another like I'm like just damn, mm-hmm. just damn. Like, come on, man. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk too much about this game. It doesn't really mean anything except for uh, draft implications at this ja- point. And the Jags, and Jags are number one. Pretty much get the first pick right, right. now. What a them and fire. them and uh, the Lions can switch over the next couple of weeks. That is true, actually. They're also. I think the Jags have the edge though, because the Lions tied a game. Correct. That, so. Yeah, by one. It's it's some kind of losses deal, but yeah, um, crazy. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like Trevor Lawrence didn't look too bad this game. I just I don't he know. didn't look. No, he didn't look bad. I, it, I, I mean, it's a it's the Jets. Uh, you're playing the Jets. So it's whatever. Yeah, I just, I totally took the Jags because I'm like, oh, the Jets had all this COVID stuff, and yeah. then they turn out okay. So. I just hope. For the Jaguars' sake, and I know you're not a fan of them because they're in your division, but I feel like they need a fresh start with a coach. I don't even need, like, fresh – like, I don't think they need to get rid of anyone on their team. Obviously, you want to build a better roster, but – I agree. Like, I think they should refresh with a new coach, with T-Law, and just see what happens, yeah. you know. I feel like that dude can be great. I concur. I think it's a pretty appealing uh, – I think it's a pretty appealing job destination. That's actually something we'll have to talk about later, too. Yeah. Um. We'll talk about it uh, when our discussion topic episode. So, uh, scoring drives for this game. Matthew Wright for the Jags. 21-yard field goal is good. 3-0 lead for Jacksonville. And then Zach Wilson, a 52-yard touchdown run for the number 2 overall draft pick. 6-3 with, of course, a uh, Jets missed field goal. Uh, makes an extra point. Excuse me. Second quarter, Will Richardson has a 0-yard fumble recovery for the Jaguars. And a 2-point conversion failed. 9-6. The lead is there for Jacksonville. Then Braxton Berrios, a 102-yard kickoff return. A lot of exciting stuff. Okay, maybe it did deliver a little bit. Some cool <laughs> moments early on. Lots of exciting stuff after you said it. I did know, it I deliver. tried to just buried it. Yeah. Um, but honestly, who was watching this game except for Jets and Jags fans? Honestly, I feel like the only ones watching this game was maybe like Zach Wilson's parents and like maybe <laughs> maybe like Trevor Lawrence's family. Maybe I, I yeah, well, ah, um, <laughs> ah, uh, Jets win or yeah, up thirteen to nine, and then Matthew Wright for the Jags hits a forty-five yard field goal, twelve to thirteen. Jets still in the lead. Third quarter, Eddie Pinheiro for the Jets forty-two yard field goal is good to go up sixteen to twelve. And then Matthew Wright for the Jags hits a 40-yard field goal, 15-16. to 16. Ooh, keeping it close. Fourth quarter, Connor McDermott, one-yard reception uh, to go up 23-15. to 15. And Then uh, Dare Ogunbowale, one-yard run with a failed two-point conversion. Jags down 21-23. And then Eddie Pinheiro hits a field goal from 20 yards away, 26-21. The Jets get the dub. 4-11 they improve to. Jags again, 2-13. Uh, what do we got for the stats? 
For the stats, uh, Jacksonville passing leader Trevor Lawrence, 26-39, 280 yards, um, no touchdowns or interceptions. Your rushing leader is uh, Dare Ogan Bowale. Did I nail that? I feel yeah, like I did. Yeah, that was good. All right. I'm gonna, thank you for that. Thank you for that. It's a good ego boost. Uh, 17 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. And your receiving leader is Marvin Jones Jr., eight receptions, 74 yards for the Jets. Uh, your passing leader is Zach Wilson, 14 to 22, 102 yards and a touchdown. Um, your rushing leader is Michael Carter, 16 carries for 118 yards. Have a day. And your receiving leader is Braxton Berrios, five receptions for 37 yards. And the Jets with a massive victory over the 2-13 and 13 Jaguars. All right. Next up, NFC East matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles getting a big win over the New York Giants, 34-10 to 10 to improve to 8-7. and seven. Giants fall to 4-11. and 11. They did announce this past week, uh, a couple days ago, that uh, Daniel Jones and uh, their head coach, Joe, Joe Judge. Judge yeah. uh, I always get him and my, uh, Matt Rule mixed up. I don't know why. But Joe Judge will return. Both teams are blue, uh, maybe. Maybe. That's probably it. Joe Judge did something really cool, though, so I understand. He paid for all the like, kitchen workers. He threw them all. He threw donated like a couple hundred thousand dollars to all these people, his Christmas bonuses, like out of his own pocket and stuff. Really, really cool dude. Um, but, yeah, I don't have too much to say about this game. There were some COVID issues in Philadelphia. Nick Sirianni did get cleared in time to coach this game. And, man, what a much-needed win. Another team who started down and out early on. People doubted. Yeah. And they're putting they're, they're starting to get fired up a little bit, man. I really like what Philadelphia is doing. They obviously can't win the NFC East anymore, but I think this team might be interesting in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, this is another team that comes down to quarterback play to me. Uh, their defense is is more legit than te- like people need like people understand. Like I think the Eagles can can play stellar defense. I mean, I know they're playing the Giants in this game, but I don't know. Their defense seems to be keeping them in it. I don't even know where they rank statistically, but I feel like when I look at stats and things of Eagles games because I don't watch their games, I feel like the defense is usually keeping them in it. Um, and I just feel like it comes down to Jalen Hurts uh, if he can deliver. They got a dope wide receiver. I feel like they got you know Miles Sanders. He's a pretty good running back. I don't know. Like I just feel like if they want to make some noise, they could. So I don't really disagree with you there. Um, other, th- you know, I just think the Giants are so incompetent. <laughs> like, why are you announcing this week? Hey, we're gonna bring back Jones and Judge. Like I, I don't know if that's Terrible. a good. I just don't think that's a good look. No, like, I, why? I, don't, I don't understand Daniel Jones. I they need to go either. get a quarterback, though. I agree. They I, like they, you win games. You you can win a Super Bowl based on how good your quarterback is, and I just feel like we've seen enough from Daniel Jones and all this guy in it, and they just refuse to like accept that. And now they're gonna they basically admitted, hey, we're gonna waste another year. That's how I look at it. Yeah, it's not good. Gotta, I don't know about their coach because what he's only been coached for what a year. This year, he, this is second year, I think second year. So. Gotta all give right. a chance, I guess. I guess, yeah. I, I for me, I do think it's all in their GM. They gotta, they gotta get rid of that guy. What is, what's his name? God, Gettleman. Gettleman. Yeah, he, go. he needs to go. If the Giants ever want to see another winning record on their ledger again, like that guy needs to get as far away from the organization. Like, give him a ticket to like California, get him out, and that's <laughs> it. I, I think it just starts with that. But yeah, not much to talk about here. I think like uh, Jake Fromm. Better luck next time. I guess. Uh, if there's a next if time. If there is a next time. Thank you also, Jake Fromm, for uh, letting me win on my uh, my prop bet. <laughs> I, I knew you wouldn't throw 100 and 
whatever yards it was, but you you did hit twenty five. So that's more the more yards than I would have had in a game. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know. All right, your scoring drives for this game. Second quarter, nothing in the first. Second quarter, Graham Gano hits a 54-yard field goal. is good to put the Giants up 3-0. Then Jake Alley hits a 22-yard field goal, tied at 3. Third quarter, Boston Scott with a 3-yard run for the Eagles, 10-3 there. Jake Alley hits a 37-yard field goal, 13-3. And then uh, Devontae Smith actually doing something. Four-yard touchdown reception, 20-3. Eagles lead in the third quarter. Fourth quarter. Lane Johnson catches a uh, five-yard pass, 27-3. Alex Singleton gets a uh, 29-yard pick six, 34-3. And then Evan Ingram catches a nine-yard pass from Mike Glennon, 10-34. That is it. What are the stats on the day? Uh, your stats for the day, your passing leader for the G-Men, Mike Glennon, 17-27, 93 yards, a touchdown interception. Your rushing leader is Saquon Barkley, 15 carries for 32 yards. And your receiving leader is Kadarius Tony, four receptions for 28 yards. Man, those are depressing stats. For the Eagles, your passing leader is Jalen Hurts, 17 to 29, 199 yards, two touchdowns. Your rushing leader for uh, the Eagles is Miles Sanders, seven carries for 45 yards. And your receiving leader is Devontae Smith. Five receptions, 80 yards, and one touchdown. All right. Next up, Chicago Bears and Seattle Seahawks. Bears winning 25-24 to on the road. Very snowy Seattle game. I didn't think it snowed that much out there, but it does. Uh, Big Dick Nick getting his first start of the 2021 season. And, man, he handled business. This dude looked out all world out there, man. He looked really, really good. I'll play Russell Wilson. I mean, that's not that hard this year. I guess not. He sucks. Um, <laughs> I don't have too much to say about this game. It was abysmal. Man, Seattle is terrible. And they got they gotta figure their shit out That's, next year. Chicago too. Like I mean, this is a big win for Matt Nagy. It was. But he's still win. he's still gonna be fired by the end of the year. Yeah, he is. Uh I'd be shocked if he's not. Um but that's another one that should start fresh with Justin Fields, get a new coach in there, see what happens. Absolutely. Uh and and for me, I think this is like this is this is dark times for Seattle for me to to finish a season this poor. Like, what does Russell Wilson do? I don't know. Does he leave? Is he even good if he leaves? Like, he's not playing that good right now. Is it just the well, product of a bad strangleholded the entire franchise? I feel like that's a part of it too. Like, is is he playing this poor because his team around him isn't good? I don't watch enough Seattle games to know what the issue is, or is it just him? Because I feel like from what I've seen, he's just not making good throws this year. No, um, no, he is not. It's but, uh, it's been pretty porous, and, and that's just and that's in comparison to what Russell Wilson has been, you right. know, because he has been an elite quarterback. But yeah, not much to talk about here. Just two bummy teams fighting for you know a, a chance to look better in the papers. I guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, let's just go to the score drive. <laughs> um, DK Metcalf catches a 41-yard touchdown reception, uh, 7-0 lead there in the first quarter. Second quarter, David Montgomery, a one-yard run, tied at 7. And then Seattle piles on some points. Rashad Penny, a three-yard run, 14-7 lead there. And then a Jason Myers, 36-yard field goal, 17-7. Third quarter, Khalil Herbert with a 20-yard run, 14-17. And then... Uh, Seahawks get some separation. Gerald Everett, 24-yard touchdown reception, 24-14. Fourth quarter is all is all Chicago. Cairo Santos, 35-yard field goal is good, 17-24. And then with a minute 
and one second left. Jimmy Graham catches a 15-yard touchdown pass from Nick Foles. And then Nick Foles, they're going for it all. It doesn't matter. It's Demir Bird. Demir Bird for a two-point conversion, 25-24 to get the dub. What, what do we a, got in the stats? What a gutsy call, man, to go for the two there. I love that. Yeah, they got nothing to play for. I, but so. I got, that's what I mean. I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Um, your passing leaders for Chicago, Big Dick Nick, as Matt said, 24-35, <laughs> 250 yards and a touchdown. Uh, your rushing leader is David Montgomery, 21 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. And <clears throat> excuse me, and he's also the receiving leader. Uh, David Montgomery, seven receptions for 61 yards. On uh, the other side here, the Seahawks passing leader is Russell Wilson, 16 of 27, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Your rushing leader is Rashad Penny, 17 carries, 135 yards and a touchdown. And your receiving leader is Gerald Everett, four receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. All right, very good. Next up, KC putting the hurting on the Pittsburgh Steelers, a 36-10 victory. They clinched the AFC West. Uh, I believe this is the fourth year in a row that they've done that. Uh, it's got to be because they went to the AFC Championship game like three years in a row now. Yeah, I think this is the fourth year. They improved 11-4. and four. They are the current number one seed in the AFC. Pittsburgh falls to 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. They just looked abysmal all week. But a, uh, a pretty solid showing against a pretty decent defense, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So... Mm-hmm. Um, not much to talk about. It's very one-sided. All right, good, good for KC, kind of getting their groove as we head into the postseason. They got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does Pittsburgh have a good chance to make this playoff still? Uh, it, it depends. It depends on a lot of situations. They're right there. They are, and they play the Browns, and then they play the Ravens. So it's like maybe that Ravens game comes down to who makes it. It's know? it's possible. It could shape up the rest of the, the AFC. I think the wild card, at least. I think the oh, AFC yeah. North is Cincinnati. I think it's... That's got to be Cincinnati at this point. Yeah, um, I would. I would think. I mean, I'm sure that can maybe change if they lose out, and maybe the Ravens went out, or someone runs out. But I don't know. That AFC North just intrigues me a lot. KC, for as bad as they were this year, at least in the beginning of the year, all the you know all the question marks around Patty Mahomes, and here he is lighting it up now, and it's it's just none. Sometimes it makes these, me angry. It, it does, and it's just <laughs> think about how many times people counted Tom Brady out in his twenty plus career. I, I even got to points where I did, and then I learned my lesson and stop doing it. I think people just got to stop doing that with when maybe a guys like Patty Mahomes. We'll see, we'll see. He's going to create his own legacy here, but ah, uh, just it's just sucks. I mean, here we are towards the end of the year, and. The Chiefs, even with all those question marks and all that stuff, I mean, they're eleven and four, probably going to get the first seed. And it's just like here you are. I know, <laughs> same, eh, same, same old, story, same old thing. I know. Um, let's look at the scoring drives for this game. Clyde Edwards-Helaire opens up with scoring with a one-yard run, seven nothing lead, and then Byron Pringle, five-yard reception, fourteen nothing for KC. Uh, Elliott Fry in the second quarter, 44-yard field goes good, 17-0 there. And then Mikko Hardman catches an 8-yard touchdown pass, 23-zip. Third quarter, Byron Pringle catches a 16-yard touchdown reception. Go up 30-0 for KC, and then Pittsburgh finally gets on the board. Chris Boswell, 34-yard field goal is good, 3-30. Fourth quarter, Elliott Fry for the the, uh, Chiefs, 34-yard field goal is good, 33-3. And then he gets, hits a 30-yard field goal to go up 36-3. And then in per, very much garbage time. Deontay Johnson catches a 15-yard pass, 
ten to thirty six. That is the final score. What do we got on the stats for the game? The stats for the game: Pittsburgh's passing leader was Big Ben, twenty three of thirty five, one hundred and fifty nine yards, one touchdown, one interception. Your rushing leader was Najee Harris, nineteen carries for ninety three yards. And your receiving leader was Deontay Johnson, six receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, the Chiefs, Patty Mahomes is your passing leader, 23 of 30, 258 yards and three touchdowns. Your rushing leader is Darrell Williams, 11 carries for 55 yards. And your receiving leader, Byron Pringle, who would have thought, six receptions for 75 yards and two tutties. Chiefs over. The Steelers, 36 to 10. All right, our next game, Las Vegas Raiders squeaking out a win to keep their playoff aspirations alive with a 17 to 13 victory over the Denver Broncos. AFC West pretty tight there as well. I think Denver's in last right now. Um, but yeah, Raiders went 17 to 13. Not a whole lot to talk about with this game either. But it was a uh, it was a pretty pretty good uh, decent show. And again, a must must win for Vegas. They face the Colts next week. So I'm getting nervous now, um, sweating a little bit, but uh, but yeah, it, again, not much to talk about within this game. Uh, Denver is still alive, but it's a uh, it's a tough deficit to kind of overcome at this point. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Not much to talk about. Um, I just want to know what I just I do want to point out. Back to my betting, anytime you have uh, over under on pretty much Denver receivers and locks the quarterback just slam the under cuz uh <laughs> Noah fan got 132 yards they get 30 and I won my bet so I'm just, <laughs> it's that's a little you know Dave Brick advice out there there you go but, there you go <laughs> so yeah we're, we're going the betting stuff is uh, I'm starting to get used to and it's a lot it's a lot of fun yeah it it just makes it fun i don't even i you know i throw like 5 10 15 bucks on stuff you know i don't even go crazy with it but it just makes football like that much more exciting and it makes those like bummy games like this more exciting yeah you know it for sure does so. for sure does uh your scoring drives for this game the raiders opened up with a hunter renfro 10 yard touchdown reception 7 nothing lead there, and then two Brandon McManus field goals, a 49 and a 55-yard field goal, make the score 6-7. to seven. And then Javante Williams, a one-yard touchdown run, 13-7, uh, 13-7 lead there for the Broncos at halftime. Third quarter, Peyton Barber gets a five-yard run, 14-13 lead. And then fourth quarter, Daniel Carlson, 41-yard field goal is good. 17-13, putting the game officially away. What do we got for the stats? The stats, Denver Broncos passing leader Drew Locke, 15-22, 153 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. Your rushing leader, uh, Javante Williams, seven carries for a whopping 12 yards and a touchdown. Your receiving leader is Jerry Judy, three receptions for 60 yards. And on the other spectrum, Las Vegas passing leader is Derek Carr, 20-25, 201 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Your rushing leader is Josh Jacobs. 27 carries for 129 yards and your receiving leader i think it's the backup tight end foster moreau yeah four receptions for 67 yards so all right there you have it next up sunday night football the dallas cowboys and the washington football team all right your final game of the night's dallas cowboys slaughtering the washington football team 56 to 14 it was all Dallas offensive onslaught. They were up forty-two to nothing. Uh, excuse me, forty-two to seven by halftime. Uh, very, very one-sided. Washington football players fighting each other on the sidelines. Very, uh, 
Very interesting. Unfortunately, Dak Prescott cannot give me the four points I needed uh, after being down 35 going into that game in fantasy, but it is what it is. Good for Dallas. NFC's champions once again. Your scoring drives for this game. Dak Prescott hits Ezekiel Elliott for a five-yard touchdown pass, 7-0 lead there, and then he hits Dalton Schultz for a nine-yard touchdown, 14-0 lead. A pick six for uh, for Dallas going the other way, 21-0 lead, and then Taylor Heineke hits Antonio Gibson for a eight-yard touchdown, 21-7 at the end of the first quarter. Second quarter, Zeke Elliott runs for 11 yards, 28-7 lead now there. And then uh, Dak Prescott hits Steel, their offensive lineman, for a one-yard touchdown, 35-7. to And then Prescott hits Amari Cooper just before halftime with a 13-yard touchdown strike, 42-7 at the half. Third quarter, a blocked punt goes away of Dallas. And, uh, yeah, 49-7 at that point. And then Cooper, uh, Cooper Rush hits uh, Turner for a nine-yard touchdown in the third quarter, 56-7. And in the fourth quarter, uh, Kyle Allen hits Bates for a 12-yard touchdown. And, uh, yeah, 14-56 is your final score. Stats of the day, Taylor Heineke, 7-22, 121 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. He was your leading passer for Washington. Leading rusher, Jarrett Patterson, the former University of Buffalo prospect, um, running back nine attempts 33 yards and the leading receiver was Dami Brown two catches 53 yards for the Cowboys Dak Prescott 28 of 39 330 yards passing four touchdowns leading rusher Zeke Elliott nine attempts 37 yards and a touchdown and leading receiver Amari Cooper seven catches 85 yards and a touchdown those are your results those are your stats of the week that is your week 16 roundup thank you so much for tuning in and on behalf of David And I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good.